Welcome to Fintech Impact. This podcast is an exploration of the financial technology world, interviewing different fintech entrepreneurs about what they do, their story, and what their impact is on consumers, incumbents, and the industry as a whole. Here's your host, award-winning financial planner, university lecturer, and writer, Jason Pereira. Hello, and welcome to Fintech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Today on the show, I have Chad Davis, co-founder of LiveCA. This is a bit of a different one. LiveCA is not a fintech. LiveCA is actually an accounting firm. So you may be asking yourself, why do I have an accounting company, a very sleepy type of industry, on my show? Well, the reason is, is because Chad and LiveCA have basically created what I consider almost the next generation type business. It is one that essentially has no fixed address, over about 60 people working all around the world, and they enable communication and their service offering to their clients through the use of various technology tools and fintech tools, some of which have been on the show previously. So with that, here's Chad Davis. Hello, Chad. Hey, Jason. How you doing? Thanks for coming in. <laughs> Thanks Digitally, for having me virtually in. Virtually, that is, yes. Virtually, um, yes. This morning, yeah. morning I'm in uh, Revelstoke, of all places. Revelstoke. Where is that? It's in between Golden or Banff and Kelowna. Oh, very nice. Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, okay, good. So Chad Davis of LiveCA, tell us about LiveCA. Sure. So LiveCA is a firm that my business partner and I, Josh Lag, started back in 2013 or so. And what we wanted to do was provide an opportunity for entrepreneurs and businesses that were really serious about their accounting to have a real big focus on technology, but also tax without the constraints that a traditional firm would or possibly put on you in terms of timing or deliverables or the technology that's used. And over the last five years, we've just had a ton of fun playing with new tools, playing with new business models. And we're really trying to, to make live CA more like a business and less like a firm. And to do that, we want to make sure there's, there's leadership teams, there's progression, there's profit, you know, and it's, it's not following that same sort of traditional path you might see of a, of a partner in their team, but more along the lines of a business where you're thinking about the longevity. Good. So we're going to jump into uh, the journey in a minute. But one of the things that you know, listeners might be questioning is, why do I have an accounting firm on here? And uh, the reason why I wanted to have you on, and you're different, is we've known each other for several years now. And quite frankly, I've been just been thoroughly impressed in the beginning at the way you have basically managed to take technology and leverage it into what is essentially a sleepy professional field and create something that offers a different value proposition and does so with leveraging great technology to do it remotely from all over the country. So kudos on that. And we're going to talk about what that means so people can understand what I'm seeing and, and hopefully appreciate the same way. So tell us, uh, so what was the impetus for this? Like what, what led you to say, I've had enough of what I'm doing and let's, let's, let's make live CA happen. Yeah. Thanks for asking Jason. The, uh, the whole impetus for starting live CA was just, it was completely fluke and by chance. I remember, I was living in the Cayman Islands with my wife and child, and uh, we had a two-bedroom apartment on the beach. And of all things, the last thing you want to do is think about leaving. Uh, we, had a great, <laughs> we, had a, we had a great life there. And I had good friends, had a, an amazing job, loved the people I worked with. And at the end of the day, it just came, I think, down to opportunity. I remember sitting on a beach alcove of all places with my wife, Olga. and we just talked about the opportunity of, of bringing different accounting software to Canada. And it's a weird thing to talk to your wife about on a, you know, a Sunday afternoon on the beach, but there was not very many people that were 
that were offering services that were completely online back in 2010, 2011. And I can imagine if there were, you'd be the type of person that would be trying to search them out. So I'm sure you have some stories about that, <laughs> that, that part of the yes. decade. But I think it just came down to Canadian entrepreneurs really deserved something that was online and a different way of thinking about a business versus it, you know, being either by the billable hour or by the transaction. And that was really the fun experiment to run was, you know, can we build a firm or a company that people would actually pay us money to work with? And uh, I guess the rest is history. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting shift because, uh, you know, being a financial planner and, and having an ongoing relationship that's kind of paid for not on an hourly basis. It, it's, it's different than a lot of people look at talking to the, talking to their accountant, right? A lot of times they're worried about counting, calling the accountant or lawyer because like, oh, I don't want to get another bill for X number of dollars, right? Very much changes the relationship when it, when it's the billing model represents something that is, that is ongoing and, and active. Yeah. At the end of the day, we just put ourselves in everybody's shoes making that decision. Do I pay my accountant this? Do I pay my lawyer this? Who yeah. do I choose? And a lot of it's based on recommendations in the past. And that's great. And sometimes you really can, can, can lock out like that, which is tried to remove the risk of people mm-hmm. saying yes to working with us. And when you remove things like setup fees and hourly rates, the conversations just start flowing really naturally. And I think everybody wins over the long term that way. Absolutely. So I'm going to kind of, I've got a series of questions I've lined up because I, I know how you work. So I want to make sure everybody understands. But essentially, the first one is basically, how many people do you have working for you? Because this leads into another question. Sure. I mean, I think right now there's a, between 50 and 60 professionals that have chosen to you know take this part of their career and work with us. And I know Josh and I couldn't be more thankful for them you know, making that decision to be with us for this round. Now, here, now here's the punchline. You guys have no central office, correct? Correct. So 50 to 60 people, all working remotely, all across the country, sometimes all across the world, mm-hmm. and essentially providing this level of service to, providing the service to to Canadian businesses in general. So, I mean, you guys are literally created the next generation business where there is no fixed address. It's novel to say out loud because it's kind of where the world's going. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's lots of challenges that come with it. So I'm working from a co-working space in Revelstoke meeting one of our managers, Carol, because I'd never been to Revelstoke and never met Carol in her hometown. And I don't think she's had very many visitors here. So <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I'm here and tomorrow we're heading on a, on a trail ride uh, with my son and daughter and wife and her partner. It's great. Fantastic. Now, the key to this was this was impossible back in the day. This is possible basically because you've been able to enable the company to communicate, to operate and to function essentially virtually entirely online. So Tell me about, before we get into the challenges of this, I'm sure specific challenges to it. Tell me about what you employ in a tech stack in order to coordinate the company as a whole. And then we'll talk about the technology used for, for providing service to clients. Sure. And, and look, technology is one thing. It's great when it works. It's amazing to try out an experiment worth. And I, I know you're the consummate experimenter when it comes to <laughs> apps and tools. And I don't know if I know anybody else in this world that's tried as many as you, but with, <laughs> um, with us, there's, there's a gamut of apps. And I mean, we're partial to a few, but I think, you know, if you look on our, on our credit card, the statement is 20 pages long just because of all the, the tools we're using. And it makes me, I try not to look at the credit card balance, even as an accountant, because. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that without it, we probably would have a lot more people on the team. So, I mean, even more pointed, what what types of apps would you like me to kind of list off? Well, let's let's talk about what the the, the tools you're using to enable 
the team itself. So the ability to coordinate that many people in various geographic regions, like what are what are the backbones for communication, for collaboration, for managing clients? Like what are you doing there? Oh, you're going to hate this answer, but it's, <laughs> it's, I actually have learned over the years that it's, it's less about the tech and it's more about how you think about work. And with people, we realize that you have to talk more. And when you're remote, it's, it's like if you lose a sense, your others become more heightened. Mm-hmm. And for us, that in-person social interaction with cues that you see in body language and tone, you really can't see when you're working virtually. I mean, Zoom is our default platform for for daily video chats with the entire team and all of our customers. But at the end of the day, you know, we just know we have to write well. We have to speak well. We have to be able to communicate in a way that's even more, I guess you could say, a representative of the type of firm we want to be. So there's, there's so much feedback around, around that personally that, you know, from a tech piece, there's, there's the same old that everyone uses with, with Slack and Zoom. But for us, we, we run off of the Google suite of apps. There's HR apps for keeping tabs on, you know, days off. And you're no stranger to Collage and Humi. And we ended up choosing Humi to run our sort of back office HR. And, um, I guess full disclosure, uh, we, we work with, uh, with the team over there and it's mm-hmm. been, a, been a great, uh, you know, situation up so far that way. Excellent. So yeah, a bunch of basically all the, all the basic fundamentals, your productivity suite, your communication through Slack, your video communication and your, your HR, I mean, all simple fundamentals for everybody. So, okay, let, let's shift the focus then to your value offer, your, what you offer clients in general. So you're offering accounting services, which I will say, you know, you live up to your name. It's not just every quarter or the end of the year, like literally it is being done more or less live in that you guys will, whether you enable the bookkeeping or you do the book or someone else does the bookkeeping, you're trying to basically keep that up to date on a regular basis. So take me through your service offering, start to finish, and we'll talk about how you enable that with different technology. Sure. And look, I'm so proud to be able to have worked with some of Canada's biggest fintech companies and really just a tech focus of efficiency and disruption and experimentation. There's so many companies trying to do that. That's we're lucky to be positioned in a, in a, in a way where I think a lot of these, these firms naturally want to work with an accountant that thinks the same way that they do. And that's been, I think, one of the most rewarding pieces is that companies that are taking their financing and their fundraising and all of that, you know, information very seriously, they're recommending it to their other friends that just raised millions of dollars and need something serious too. So the service offering is different for everybody. And I think that's what makes it special is that every relationship is looked at. Um, not everyone uses the same tools, but regardless if you're running a $500,000 startup or a $5 million startup, there's lots and lots of different ways we work. So the core service offering, I think, is what you're kind of looking at is tax. You've got uh, you know the standard year-end work, you've got shred, there's you know, U.S. consulting on that side. There's mergers. There's, uh, you know, a lot, all that, you know, fancy tax work that you'd expect the, a big four firm to have. But I think what makes this really special too is that that's all merged in with a service offering that people actually kind of want, which is paying their bills, having a treasury and an accounts payable department, hiring and onboarding new employees. And that's our, our payroll and HR department. There's bookkeeping, which is, like you said, typically done very, very fast and using all the tools that you'd expect a modern firm to use, um, keeping the books up to date. Then there's the technology piece, which is, again, very different for a lot of different companies, but it's consulting on 
How do you actually report all that Stripe and PayPal revenue in? If you've got an e-commerce site or multiple e-commerce sites, how do you actually aggregate that so that it makes sense and you're not just fibbing up numbers on a cash basis? There's a lot of, I guess, thought and effort that goes into the tech stacks of each one of the companies that comes on board with us. So we, we try to put that much effort and respect back into the accounting procedures so that when someone does ask a question, you know, where does this come from? They typically don't have to ask because all the support's already there and there's a, a well-documented process on where it comes from. Absolutely. So what technology are you using to enable all those different things we discussed? So the accounting, the bookkeeping, the record, the receipts, all of that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a core group. I'm partial to zero as an accounting system because I, I really appreciate how foreign currency works and the reporting options around customized groupings and the bank reconciliation is, is quite simple and reliable and really just enjoy working with it. And I think so does the rest of our team and, and a lot of the customers we're working on. But uh, for things like document management, we use both Receipt Bank and HubDoc. HubDoc was just recently purchased by Zero of all things. And um, from those three, you know, you can spout off into payroll with WagePoint and Humi and Rise and all those guys. Then you can go into payments with Pluto and, and those, you know, that, that kind of group and HR with Collage and Humi and Rise. But you get the idea. There's, there's lots of different things that people use, especially as they get larger. Their FX needs change, their aggregation tools needs change, their reporting and consolidation needs change. So it's kind of fun to go along on this ride with a lot of the companies as they grow. Absolutely. And I will say this much. You mentioned the FinTech community earlier. I don't know what you did to network in that community, but I can't drop your name in those circles without hearing that guy's awesome. <laughs> like, so, so well done. Uh, you've built quite the reputation. So, I mean, all intents and purposes, and I, you know, full disclosure, I do utilize you guys uh, very happily. I got to tell you, the, the ability to basically outsource the bookkeeping, the basic accounting prep, the payroll, the controller, you know, someone paying all my bills. Like when I tell their businesses, yeah, I got someone handling all that for me, third party outside the business. They're like, what? <laughs> really? What's that cost you? Can I get that for myself? Like it's, you're definitely, I feel like you're head on a trend there. So in terms of getting from, you know, the original founders to 60, like what were your challenges? Like what, what did it take for you guys to get here other than figuring out what technology to use? I think it was how to just grow up and take things really. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> We've gone through lots of different phases. I think we change fundamentally every six to 12 months, whether it's how we think about paying people versus how we think about uh, education and support and what is revenue facing and what isn't. And what we're realizing is that you do have to have a really important support network and a lot of key people that believe in what you're doing. And mm -hmm. what I love about these last five years, almost six years, I guess, is that the people that have chosen to stay are incredible people. They, they want to change the industry. They want to do things that are bigger than themselves in terms of changing the perception of what an accounting firm can be. And it's, it's fun. I mean, I, I remember a good, a good example is our, our COO and CTO, Chris and Dave. Chris started as a, as an onboarder, you know, setting people's apps up. And now he's our chief operating officer. Dave started, I think his title on the job ad was cloud 
bookkeeper or cloud accountant or something. And now he's working with some of the largest fintech companies in Canada and in the world on the accounting side, helping them design their workflows around sales tax and reporting and working with Canadian businesses. And I think it's just, it's so cool because it's a testament to the industry and how fast it's growing, but also to the company where there's, there's lots of room for progression and, you know, like any startup, you, you grow with it. And if you can't keep up or you're not the right person, it just, uh, you kind of cycle through. But I just, I really, really appreciate everybody that's been along for the ride that is no longer here. They got us to where we're at, but for the people that are here and are, are really helping out they're I think they're having a good time. So you mentioned, you know, for the people who chosen to stay, I mean, you clearly, you're a different kind of culture and a different kind of workplace. What's been the reason people leave in general? Is it just a lack of the difficulty in just adapting to working remotely? No, it's actually, I think the opportunity, <laughs> it's like, I think it's, uh, you know, pictured, you know, just like in the beach in the beginning of the story, it was more along the lines of almost probably 80 or 90% of everybody that's left has gone on to either work for a customer of ours or start up their own firm and, and do it themselves. Mm. And that's kind of humbling to think that, you know, we were able to give them that mentorship and that support network to be able to go on their own and do this. And it's all how you look at it. But I just, again, really appreciate the people that have, that have stayed through this and, and are looking forward to more. Fantastic. So besides, I mean, the, anything else that you found super challenging or what were the limiting factors back in the day when you, when you started up in terms of dealing with people and, and figuring this all out a lot of the way? Because again, I can't imagine this was a smooth road. That's for sure. Just this year. I mean, I was working really heavily and with the accounts payable and payroll and I was doing live CA's payroll. I mean, Dave, he was doing live CA's books. We just grew up and made sure that the right people were doing the right thing. So I remember right around the 15 person mark, we were really struggling with keeping time off requests in and hiring people and putting them in the system. We had a good machine just like everybody else. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so now, you know, that's in and it's working great. I guess the big again, other challenges have been support, right? It's, it's that fine balance between growth and not extending your team. So I think it's something we're, we're always going to struggle with. I'd say of everyone that sort of visits us either online or through a referral, we may, if we saw, you know, eight to 10 people a day, maybe one or two becomes a customer and the rest are introduced to other firms or other people that are, that are offering these types of services because we don't want to stress our team and we don't want to break it. And I think there's this, this fragility that you have to have as you think about capacity planning and about growth where you know, you do have to have support and, you know, not everyone is, is moving as fast as, as humanly possible because they're learning too, right? They're learning how to, talk and how to price and how to work in new tools and you know how to balance their own capacity constraints. And you just can't keep adding and adding and adding customers. So that that controlled growth was something that Josh and I had to learn on really early on. It's amazing because this is a debate I've had with, with partners in the past about capacity because it's like every business is in the purpose of landing new clients, right? Like, like that's, that's what you're there for. But it's a very, very mature thing that to do to say, no, I don't want to die of indigestion. There's going to be plenty of opportunity. And if you're not careful with it, all you got to do is lower your, lower your value proposition or the value delivered to people to a level where you can't, you have to start watering down your services because you can't possibly manage with the same number of people and you can't possibly hire fast enough. So I commend you on that because that, you said that is a, that's a grown up thing to do. A lot of companies will just say yes to every opportunity. And, and like I said, die of indigestion. 
So you guys, you guys have, uh, you know, basically conquered making accounting online and digital and, and what I'll call the accounting firm of the future. Well done. And I've seen you guys go from just a handful of people to now having your own like dedicated in-house tax experts and, and the controller stuff. What plans do you have for the future? Like what's next for you guys? <laughs> I think we're all on the journey, the journey to figure that out. Um, I think we might be one of the only firms where both of the partners are homeless. Um, Josh. <laughs> Oh, that's not confidence inspiring, but it's a good point. <laughs> um, you know, Josh travels the world and and works remotely wherever he can, spending stints in you know Argentina and Colombia and Brazil and all over those places. And I got jealous. I I you know I I love camping and I love RVing, but you know I also had a house, two kids, and, and a wife and a mortgage and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was really hard. I really like the yin and yang of business partners. And for about three to six months. I just did all the hard work and planned. And the reason I'm in Revelstoke today is because now I'm living full time with my family in a big 42 foot RV, traveling around the country and uh, visiting our employees and customers. And I think plan wise, I just hope to keep growing smart and having fun. And if you can do that in an RV or in Argentina or anywhere in the world where, where people want to go work, you should be able to do it. And that's, uh, that's all I have to say about that, I guess. Well, I got to think you're, you're definitely attracting certain type of person to, to that role, given the fact that that type of lifestyle appeals to so many people I talk to these days. The no fixed addressed attitude or the, you know, the homeless attitude, for lack of a better term, <laughs> but being able to experience while working. And I mean, the number of calls I've had with people at your company where it's like, yeah, oh, let me see the Vista you're seeing right now in South America or you know, whatever it is around the world. It's it's nuts. So it's uh, I, I actually part of me is very, very envious because I feel like my business lends itself to a lot more face to face just for comfort, flying comfort. And maybe I'm overestimating that, but I would love to be able to spend more time traveling just like you're doing. So well done. <laughs> and if, if anybody from, from Bell or Telus is listening, I, I could really use some, some Wi-Fi. It's really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully 5G solves that for all of us in North America, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, no I doubt. So. so, I mean, I encourage anyone to check you guys out and see what it is you're doing. And, and I think just knowing that there's no fixed address is quite an astonishing thing. And when you see the level of service that they're able to provide, it's, it's quite astonishing itself. Tell me, uh, so get rid of the future. What excites you the most about the company you're in, the people you're working with, the opportunities that you see? Like, what's the big thing that gets you up every morning thinking about the future? Again, it might sound cheesy, but it's so interesting to not talk to somebody for maybe a month or two that even works with you because they're either heads down or they're working on a different team. And when you do talk to them and maybe they started their career here as an office manager or as a bookkeeper or as a CPA student, and they come to you and they say things like, you know what? I think I'd rather support our team. So I'd like to move into a trainer role or, Hey, this is really interesting. I'd like to become an accountant. I never thought I would say that. How can I move from supporter or an administrative position and now like go get my CPA or take the steps to become a CPA? I think that's what excites me the most is that we're able to create these opportunities in a fast growing environment where people can change careers. They can be challenged. They can try new things and they can all do it with the sort of safety of everyone else around them. And that's what this company I think is, is all about is about supporting people and 
allowing them to have lateral moves and not making them stay in a job for years that they, they don't really appreciate or they, they absolutely have to. And um, I think it's just, it's, it's awesome because it, it happens to so many people now, now that we're a little bit bigger and there's more positions and there's, there's more opportunities that it's kind of humbling. It's really, really nice to be a part of it. Frankly, no doubt. I mean, frankly, I, I often think you guys could start a second business just consulting on basically how to take your business and create the, com- the same model. The kind of model where, again, no fixed address, no, no, basically, no need to to have a physical meeting space. Like it's just when I explain the model to different businesses, like, yeah, that's a, that's the ideal. How do I get there? I'm like, yeah, oh, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and like even even a lot of like the design firms, engineering firms, development studios, we're working with some of Canada's biggest, and they still bill by the hour on some projects. And I think one of our favorite topics to talk about with their owners and their, you know, their project managers and COOs is, you know, maybe there's an alternative to pricing and to billing your customers. And here's how we do it. Here's what we think about it. Here's how it might be able to apply to you. And then the conversation just goes from there. And I think I don't mean to speak on Josh's behalf too, but I feel like, you know, he gets a lot of pleasure from, from having those conversations with people and, and helping them think differently about how they can make money and, and grow yeah. the company. And, and I do too. And I think that's also pretty exciting. Excellent. Well, thanks for taking the time, Josh. This has been great. Uh, I encourage everybody to check you guys out and, uh, and see for themselves how the next era of accounting firms is operating these days. Thanks, Jason. My pleasure. So that was my interview with Chad Davis. As you can see, we know each other for a while and we get along quite well. And uh, as I said in the interview, I think Chad has kind of created a next generation company, one that can operate anywhere in a digital nomad state. And uh, I think many of us will be taking cues from that entire interview. So as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is you get your podcasts. And until then, I'm Jason Pereira. Until next time. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at fintechimpact.co.